Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And ho, 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 I'm Phil Edwards. <laughs> Santa Phil, if you will. Oh, yes, I've got the beard for it. That's right, you do. You could, you could, you could pull off a convincing Santa if you wanted to. I think. Oh uh, yeah, I think, I think I could. Uh, this time of year, I always, there's always when I'm walking around the, uh, the shops and things, and there's little kids with the parents. They sometimes when they see me and other other blokes with white beards like this, they oft, you often get that little look and they go, <gasps> and uh, you know, you always go no. Well, uh, listen. I mean, I th- I think you're magical, Phil, and that's halfway to being Santa. So. Ah, thank you. You're magical too, Mike. You can be my, you can be my elf helper. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. As long <laughs> Get as I'm back in the factory, elf. make those toys now, Mike. <laughs> uh, well, as you might have guessed, uh, this is our annual holiday episode. And now the, the eagle-eared listeners among you might remember that we promised last time our next episode was going to be uh, Reality Bites and American Psycho and our top five Jim Carrey performances, but we realized, wait a minute, the scheduling didn't quite work out. We we wouldn't have time to fit in our holiday episode, and that is a tradition here. We've done it every year, so we wanted to get one in. So we're going to postpone that episode until uh, next year. Uh, this is going to be our final episode for the year. We always take a little break over the holidays just to kind of recharge our batteries, get caught up, let our listeners get caught up. So this is going to be our holiday episode. We're going to end the year on a high note. And uh, then we'll be back in early January, and we got a special episode planned for that that we'll tell you about at the end of this show. How's that all sound, Phil? That all sounds good, and it's going to be the hap, hap, happiest holiday since Bing Crosby danced with Danny. Okay, uh, as uh, Clark Griswold said in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I like it. And I, I did self-censor myself because there is an expletive in that. Yeah, yeah, that's not really the the most easily quotable movie on a on a PG thirteen yeah. rated podcast, yes, but, such as us. But yeah, but it's all about the Christmas spirit and well, whatever holiday you're celebrating, uh, we're all about this kind of thing. This in this episode. Yeah, and I'll I'll go ahead and say, if you hear us saying like Christmas and stuff like that, it's shorthand, right? Like yeah. you said, Phil, whatever holiday you celebrate, we hope it's a happy one for you. Uh, it's just easier sometimes if we say something about Christmas or the holidays than saying trying to list all of them. There's too many to keep track of. Just know that we include everyone and whatever your holiday celebrations are. If so, if we don't include them by name, don't don't think we're not including you. But I also want to point out, I just want to mention that last week I talked about some audio issues we were having. I believe I have gotten them fixed. So I, I thank you guys for sticking with us. And there's a couple episodes. Again, maybe nobody noticed it. I certainly did. But I, I think I've got it fixed. So hopefully that won't happen anymore. Uh, if you do hear it, let us know. But I don't think you will anymore. So I just wanted to mention that because it's a load off of my mind. Yeah, that's good. It's all, it's all sounds good though from my side. I care. <laughs> uh, so hopefully we've got all those issues. Let it uh, I can always count on you, Phil. <laughs> it's all fixed now. I think that should be better now. <laughs> Okay. Can you hear me? I can. I can. <laughs> yes. Much to my chagrin. Uh, anyway, so do you want to tell people what we're doing for this for our holiday episode? Yes. A bit later on, we're going to be doing our top 10 favorite Christmas movies of the 2010s. Yes. Uh, and also we'll be going after the ending of Jingle All the Way, the 1996 Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, so we've done the top 10 Christmas movies of the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s. And so we we're like, well, can we do the 2010s? And we were like, well, the 2010s are ending in about like three weeks. And I think there's only like maybe one Christmas movie left to come out. So I think we've covered pretty much most of the ones that we're going to see. Yeah. Uh, so we felt like it was safe to go ahead and, and do the, the 2010s this year. So we're going to get into that. But first, like you said, Jingle All the Way. Phil, do you want to take people through the events of that semi-classic Christmas movie? Yeah, but nicely put, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Jingle All the Way. It's uh, directed by Brian Laurent. Uh, it's it follows Howard Langston, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's a mattress salesman, but he's always working, and he realizes that he's forgot to get the must-have gift, uh, which is a Turbo Man action figure from a TV show in the film. And Christmas is almost there. What then follows is a madcap journey that sees Howard fighting through sales and going up against Myra and a psychopathic postman in their pursuit to find a Turbo Man toy. He also battles a warehouse full of Santas of all shapes and sizes. Uh, but we, it reaches a point at the Wintertainment Parade where Howard ends up becoming a real-life Turbo Man and battles through to win the day. 
He also ends up getting an action figure, but gives it to Myron, who he realizes needs it more than he does because Myron's family and, and things which have been going on in his past, which we learned throughout the film, is a bit sad. But uh, Howard ends up getting back home, finishes the decorations, and it's all lovely. But then his wife, Liz, asks what Howard has got her for Christmas. And after the credits, Howard panics as he's totally forgotten to get her anything. And that's how Jingle All the Way ends. Very well done. Uh, so, Phil, I'm curious. How how do you feel about this movie? It's one of those ones where it's... Uh, I don't I don't dislike it. Uh, but I don't particularly... I don't love it or anything. But it's, if it's on TV and I put it on, I usually end up sitting there watching it and then start chuckling and watching it and then watch it through to the end. It's just... Uh, it passes the time, I think. But it's not, it's not one of my go-to Christmas movies. But it's... Uh, it's it's an enjoyable piece of it's an enjoyable waste of time. Okay, fair yeah. enough. What about you? You know, I, honestly, it's been a really long time since I've seen it, but I never really liked this film very much. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing it when it came out in theaters because it was Arnold Schwarzenegger, and this was still when he was a pretty powerful box office force, and I, it looked really funny from the trailers, and I I just remember not laughing and being very disappointed by it. But here's what I found interesting. And part of the reason we chose to do the movie, uh, a little behind the scenes for you listeners, is that I have noticed over the past few years or so that there's a really big group of people out there who were, I imagine, were young children in the, you know, mid-90s when this came out who really love this movie. Yeah, yeah. So... Even though it's it was kind of a kind of tanked at the box office, it wasn't a, it wasn't a giant flop, but it certainly wasn't a hit. It's got like a really low critical consensus and like Rotten Tomatoes score and all that stuff. Although I don't really pay attention to that, uh, so it's it's you know, and critics weren't particularly kind to it. But there are people out there who really love this movie, and this is like their version of a Christmas story or Elf or whatever your generation's Christmas movie might be. And this is theirs and they they love this movie. So I think it's interesting that there are people out there who really, really relate to Jingle All the Way and are probably very excited to hear us you know, doing this this movie, whereas there might be a larger subsection who aren't as excited, but we figured, hey, I know there's people out there who love this film, so why not, why not yeah, give them a little something? It's like everything. It's every, you know, a, the the next generation of kids see films and they go, oh, this is our favorite going. And obviously we're older. So sometimes we're not going to get the film or it's just not aimed at us. And so, yeah, it's every, a film that you, you may hate is somebody else's classic and favorite. And it's just, it's just one of those things. And it's, it's a, it's a nice way to be. I will point out before anybody goes, why are you doing this? There was a jingle all the way to direct a DVD sequel in 2014, which featured Larry, the cable guy. Right. But it's, uh, it's basically the same plot. Apparently I've not seen it. I don't think Mike's seen it. And it's, no, I haven't watched it either. Yeah, so it, it bears no no relation to uh, the original Jingle All the Way, apart from the title and the plot. So we, it's, it doesn't it doesn't get in the way of us going yeah, after the ending. Of it the doesn't film. count. It's basically like you said, just the same plot. They just tack the name on it to sell extra copies. Yeah. But there's no connection between the two films. Yeah. It's one of those direct to video sequels that you know it's just a quick cash grab. So, but Jingle All the Way it is, and we are going to uh, we're going to after the ending it. So hopefully you guys will like what we have. Yeah, so that was the rundown I did. Mike, do you want to give us your day after? Sure thing. So Howard promises his wife he's gotten her a gift she'll never forget. And she smiles, kisses him goodnight, and says, you're a good husband, Howard, before heading upstairs to bed. After a little while, Howard checks in on her to make sure she's asleep, then sneaks out of the house. He hops in his car, but the extreme cold has frozen the engine and it won't start. So Howard runs down the street and ends up at a small downtown area near his house. He tries door after door, but it's past 10 p.m. on Christmas Eve and everything is closed. Finally, in desperation, he runs into a gas station, which is still open. He looks around frantically, eyeing car air fresheners, greenish hot dogs on their eighth hour on the revolving grill, and chocolates in boxes shaped like snowflakes, most of which are half open. He's so frenzied trying to find a gift that he doesn't even notice the man with the ski mask holding a gun pointed at the cashier. And that's where I'm going to leave it for now. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, you know, it is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So there we go. That is my day after. How about you? What's your day after bring us? Okay, well, Howard tells his wife, Liz, that he's just popping out to get some fresh air. In a blind panic about what to get her, he start, He just starts walking. He just doesn't know what to do. So not paying attention, he's almost knocked over when crossing the road. The car that almost hit him stops, and two young men, who introduce themselves as Harold and Kumar, <laughs> they can see that Howard is distressed and offer him something to calm down. Howard refuses this and ends up going with them anyway to grab a burger. It, it was an uneventful journey, uh, which was a bit of a surprise uh, after <laughs> yeah. what Howard and Kumar have told him. Uh, but it, it helped calm Howard's nerves and gives him a new perspective on Christmas. He thanks the guys and has a slow walk home. His thoughts turn to his family and in particular his wife. He realises just how lucky he is to have her. 
and by the time he gets home, he's truly inspired. Everyone was asleep and Howard sat down with his pen and paper and wrote a poem to his wife about what he felt about her. The Christmas morning was truly wonderful and relaxed. Liz loved the poem and the day went without a hitch. However, on the morning of Boxing Day, there was a knock on the door. Two men who were both wearing black suits, who said they were from the FBI, uh, stood there. Mr. Langston, the country needs your help, said one of the agents. We need you to be Turbo Man. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Thank you. That's uh, that's my day after. That's fun. Very good. I, I like that. Yeah, I confused myself though by writing it down because I introduced Harold and Kumar briefly. I then right. instead of writing Howard afterwards, kept writing Harold. Oh, yeah, so, I can yeah. see that. Yes, I yes. can see that. So apologies. Hey, listen, yeah. Howard and Kumar with Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Cal Penn could be a oh very funny movie. Oh, my God. That would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and Kumar, I'm not mention it at all about why, you know, Howard looks a bit different. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. cool. Uh, but what's going on then with uh, with Howard and, and your immediate aftermath and the, uh, the guy in the ski mask and the gun? All right. Well, without even thinking, Howard grabs a stale churro from the heater and throws it at the robber, knocking the gun from his hand. The robber then angrily pulls a knife and advances on Howard, swiping at him repeatedly. Howard manages to just avoid the edge of the blade, but his clothes are ripped to shreds. Finally, the robber corners Howard, but as he goes in for the killing blow, he slips on a puddle beneath the slushy machine and hits his head on the floor, knocking himself unconscious. Howard starts to rush out of the gas station, but his clothes literally fall off, leaving him just in his skivvies. He looks at the cashier, who nods his head in the direction of a massive Christmas window display. In just minutes, Howard emerges on the street once again, this time in a full Santa Claus suit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my immediate aftermath. Oh, and he is Santa. Get to this lad! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Santa Claus! <laughs> now! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's going on then in your immediate aftermath? How, let's hear about him becoming Turbo Man. Okay, Howard had gone through an intense training course which had enhanced his natural aptitude with the Turboman suit and jetpack. <laughs> However, this version of the suit was a lot more advanced. Howard had also been picked as he had no ties with any government agency. He was off the grid. It turned out that a terrorist leader by the name of Neville Sinclair, whose great-great-grandfather of the same name had been a Nazi agent in the 1930s. This Neville Sinclair was using a new jetpack technology to lead a group of bad guys who had been doing terrorist attacks on the country. Howard was ready, and with a small support team, he headed into action. I like it. So, uh, so I, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but the, the you know fans of the film will recognize the name Neville Sinclair, of course, being the villain from the Rocketeer movie. Yes, yes, yes. And so I think we're maybe setting up for a Rocketeer versus Turbo Man, but, but maybe not. We'll see. You can think what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I like it very much. Yeah. Okay, well, what's going on with, uh, with Arnie as Santa? All right, well, well bear with me here because it's a little long, but I, I think okay. it works. So. Okay. Okay, it was a weird turn of events that saw Howard on a helicopter fighting terrorists who had just robbed a bank in the middle of the night. <laughs> Through sheer grit and determination, as well as superior biceps, Howard manages to knock out all of the gunmen on the chopper, but the pilot manages to turn the helicopter on its side, and Howard goes tumbling out. He reaches out to save himself, but all he manages to grab onto is a single sack of loot from the bank. He falls to his doom, but his fall is cut short when he lands on a snow-covered roof. The helicopter was so low, it turns out, that he survives the fall, cushioned by the white, fluffy snow. As the helicopter turns around for another pass, it unleashes a hail of bullets at Howard. With nowhere else to go, he dives down the chimney on the top of the house, and as the helicopter flies past, it catches one of its wheels on the chimney and crashes into the neighbor's yard, exploding as it collides at the ground. Inside the house, just as the sun is coming up, Howard slides down the chimney dressed as Santa Claus and realizes it's his own house. <laughs> in one of those coincidences that can only happen in the movies. Yeah. Liz and Jamie look up in surprise as Howard pops out of the fireplace dressed as Santa with a sack over his shoulder. Behind him, the exploding helicopter makes it look like fireworks are going off. Liz exclaims, oh, Howard, this is amazing. You really went above and beyond this year. Howard opens up the sack, hands Liz a wad of cash the size of a loaf of bread and says... I'm dreaming of a green Christmas, baby. <laughs> and that's the end. Nice. I like it. <laughs> kind of had to end it on like an, a terrible Arnie one-liner, you know? <laughs> All good stuff. I like it. I like oh, it. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. A little ridiculous, but I felt like it was kind of like, ah, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and, you know, it's, it's a ridiculous movie anyway, so why not have some fun with it? Yeah, yeah. Not very good. All right, but let's hear about your potential matchup, your potential battle of the skies here over well, Christmas. Give us your long-term the previous mission had been a huge success. Howard was a natural and had brought Neville Sinclair down with minimal collateral damage. However, due to the technology involved and the top secret nature of the mission, Howard was unable to tell his family or anyone about being Turbo Man. It was tricky, but Howard managed it. 
Weeks turned into months and Howard's life returned to normal. He still had regular training sessions in the suit to be ready for anything. He had thought that it would, that would be it, that Turbo Man had hanged up the jetpack for good. But then, one Christmas Eve, he got a call. It was time to suit up again. There were murderous robots from the future that were creating havoc and ruining Christmas, and Turbo Man was the only one who could stop them. It was time to suit up. That's my long term. <laughs> I like it. Thank I you like very it very much. I like it. Very cool. <laughs> Lots of fun. I, I, I never even thought about the idea of, you know, the Turbo Man, but it's kind of a natural fit, especially for a sequel to this. You know, I could totally see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I like yours as well. I'm dressing up as Santa, getting involved in more shenanigans. I just have this image in my head of like Arnold Schwarzenegger and like one of those Santa suits, like where you see sometimes in the costume stores for the adult males where they're like the shorts. It looks like almost like a stripper costume and they're just yeah, like all yeah. glittery and tinselly. It's like <laughs> shorts and like a short sleeve shirt. And it's Arnold Schwarzenegger like wearing that, you know, smoking a cigar with the sack over his back, you know, and the, and the hat on and everything being like jingle bells, baby. You know, like that's just I couldn't get that image out of my head. So I had to I had to work it in. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I don't know what that says about me that I couldn't get the image of Arnold Schwarzenegger in a. <laughs> A stripper Santa costume out of my head, but you know. Anyway, uh, all right. So, Phil, I believe it is time to trivia all the way. What have you got for us about Jingle Ooh, All the Way? Okay, Chris Christopher Columbus wanted Joe Pesci to play Myron, but he was too, deemed to be too short at five foot three. Oh wow! Yes, yeah, but uh, that could have been quite good. Yeah. Uh, filming took place in Minnesota for five weeks from from April nineteen ninety six. At the time, it was the largest film production to ever take place in that state. Uh, however, the Wintertainment Parade was filmed at Universal Studios in Los Angeles in the middle of May. Oh, wow. So everybody, everybody's wrapped up for winter, but it's in L.A. in May. Uh, and, <laughs> and Arnie really enjoyed making the film because he said it was a nice change to play an ordinary character. I can imagine. I yeah. can imagine. And that's, uh, that's Jingle All The Way. Very nice. All right. So there you go. So those are our endings for Jingle All The Way. Now it is time for our top 10 holiday movies or top 10 Christmas movies of the 2010s. And so we, this is a tradition we've done every year. We've given our top 10 films of the uh, top 10 Christmas films of the, of the decade. And what we've learned through this is I don't love a lot of Christmas films and there's not a lot of really good ones sometimes. So I don't know how your list shaped up, Phil. But mine is, I'm going to say, interesting is what I'm going to say about my list. Yeah. Yeah, I was just, it's, it's, yeah, lots of okay-ish ones, but uh, yeah, it's usually, it's usually the case when I do these Christmas ones. But uh, yeah, there's some nice ones, but some, some okay ones. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that on mine, there's probably like, uh, no, there's a decent amount. I'd say there's six films I really like, and then there's like three or four that I kind of put on because I had to make a, a top ten. So, <laughs> <laughs> But that's all right. I managed to keep off any films I really hate, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, do you want to kick us off then and give us your number ten? Yeah, I will do. My number ten is from 2016, and it's a Christmas comedy film, and it's Office Christmas Party, which stars uh, Jason Bateman, Olivia Munn, TJ Miller, and others, it's about a, an office where there's a guy running it uh, who really likes everybody working there, but it looks like it's going to be closed. Uh, so he's just... Oh, it's got Jennifer Aniston as well. Uh, but he uh, basically says, oh, well, screw this. We're going to have a really big party then. If we're all going to be fired, we'll have a big party. And it all goes a bit do-lally. There's the uh, drugs and alcohol that get involved. And then it also turns into a, a journey across the city to try and save the day. Uh, it's 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 not the greatest one of these kind of films, but there's a good cast. There's some funny moments. It doesn't quite gel as a whole, but it was it was yeah. It's my number ten, and it's about Christmas, and it's it has a few good moments. Okay, yeah. uh, did not make my list because I absolutely hate that movie. Yeah, yeah. God, it was awful. And you know, sometimes people are like, "You don't really like a lot of comedies." I'm like, because that's what passes for comedy these days. These yeah, movies yeah, that are yeah. not. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to. You know knock down your opinion but no, these no, movies I, totally yeah, I yeah. think are horribly unfunny and that they just put in a lot of like you know drugs and sex and swearing and they're like it's okay it's funny because we said the f-bomb and it's like no that's not what makes something funny and i just i thought that movie was atrocious so i uh, didn't make my list but <laughs> fair enough fair pick yeah no that's, that's a fair point because uh, i know i can see why it's i think if i'd been watching it and i was in a slightly different mood i probably would have been going oh what the hell is this and switch it off but that was my number 10. What's your number 10? All right, well, my number 10 is from 2015, and it is The Night Before, starring Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And it's about three friends. I think one one's Jewish, one's Christian. I guess one is African-American, maybe celebrates Kwanzaa. I can't remember the details. It wasn't that great of a movie. It's a comedy about three friends looking for an epic Christmas party on Christmas Eve. It's sort of a Harold and Kumar type comedy in a way, you know, just sort of that they're kind of like, you know, looking for a party and sort of weird, funny things happen to them. I remember thinking it looked funny from the trailer. 
watching it, being disappointed it wasn't as funny as the trailer, but not hating it. You know, I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt a lot. I like Anthony Mac- Anthony Mackie a lot. Seth Rogen is Seth Rogen. Uh, so it's it's a number 10. It's a space filler. It's a decent film. I don't love it. I don't hate it. No, yeah, that's fair enough. That's uh, It's this kind of, these the hands of these kinds of lists. Okay, my number nine is uh, from 2011. It's Arthur Christmas, which is uh, the computer animated Christmas comedy produced by Ardman Animations. And we follow... Uh, Arthur Christmas, voiced by James McAvoy, who's sort of the quiet one in the uh, the family of Father Christmas, and he sort of he deals with all the letters and things. He's the one who really loves Christmas, though, and while everybody else has all become a bit it's very businesslike, and they want to make sure it all runs smoothly. But it's uh, it's he has a bit of adventure. There's uh, it's quite funny. We've got some good elves. Uh, the characters are charming. The animation's really lovely. It's an it's a nice story. A few touching moments. Uh, nothing nothing amazing again, but it's it's a nice little tale. Uh, and it's got a great voice cast, but that's my number nine. All right, good pick. My number nine is from 2012, and it is Silent Night, which stars Donald Logue, Jamie King, and Malcolm McDowell. It is the first, but not the last, uh, Christmas horror movie that makes the list. It is sort of loosely based on the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise, the very infamous horror films from uh, yeah. the, the 80s, uh, which I love the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. This one basically has nothing to do with it story-wise, but it's kind of like loosely related it is sort of a slasher flick with the guy dressed as santa claus killing people in a small town type of thing again it's not a great film but i I do like slasher films so it's kind of one of those it's fun to watch it's nothing spectacular not one of the better slasher films but not one of the worst yeah Uh, it's got a good cast there's a lot of familiar faces people that you like so again kind of ekes into the list uh by virtue of being an actual christmas related film yeah cool and i do i do you know i did enjoy it for what it was no, that's cool. Uh, my number, yeah, my number eight is uh, from 2015, and it's uh, a Christmas horror story, which was an anthology horror film uh, directed by a number of different people, and it's got a framework story which has William Shatner as a radio DJ, uh, and I quite like this. It's got some the it's often with these anthology films like a bit hit and miss, and it's it's a bit the same here, but there's a good one which involves all these. Santa Claus discovers all his elves and his wife have been turned into zombies, and Sa- and Santa's got to kill them all. Uh, there's another one with a ghost story and a uh, police officer trying to track down uh, Medicaid two students and it's 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 there's four four good stories and there's a few good twists and turns it's a, it's quite gory in places the uh, the creature effects and the makeups are really good for what is basically you know a low budget horror movie but it's uh, I quite like you know a, hor- a horror story at Christmas because it's always good for ghost stories and things like that and this is a fairly decent uh, horror movie and it's any anthology uh, film, you're going to find something that you like. And uh, this this is worth checking out. It's from 2015. And? What? Do you, you you don't remember, Phil, that I was the one who recommended that you watch this movie? Oh, you did? Yeah, I knew that was I knew there was something about it, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and Mike recommended me this film right. uh, a while back, and uh, it was well worth checking out. I think it's currently... Here in the UK, I think it, I saw it on Netflix, so I assume it's still on there. Yeah, you never know for sure with with Netflix that stuff comes and goes. Yeah, but... they, they come and go though. They come yeah, and go. I watched this and I really liked it, and I told you about it. That's and you right. Said, oh, yeah, I, I remember now. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know if you ever actually got around to watching it, so yeah, I'm glad yeah, that, yeah. that you liked it and it made yeah. your list. Yeah. That was good. All right, uh, very good. Good recommendation. Good. I'm glad I did find it. I'm glad too. I, I it, it may show up once again. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, my number uh, eight is I don't want to call it a cheat. But it's a cheat. It's from 2012, and it is The Impossible, which stars Naomi Watt and uh, Ewan McGregor and a young Tom Holland. Okay, this and is the uh, tsunami one, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's the tsunami in Thailand that takes place on Christmas Day. Oh, As okay. many people recall, that that was a very tragic event. It happened on Christmas morning in 2000—well, I forget what year. I think it was 2010 it happened. But the film is not about Christmas. However— Here's why I included it. One, it takes place on Christmas Day, which, according to the logic of Die Hard, makes it a Christmas movie. I think The Impossible is about as much a Christmas movie as Die Hard is. But for yeah, two... Yeah, well, te- technically, It's a Wonderful Life has got is probably even less of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. Um, yeah, I guess. I, I would argue that. But that's, that's a whole other episode, yeah. so... But the way I look at it is this. It's about a man trying to find his family in the wake of this horrible tsunami. And they go through some really terrible stuff. And he, and he, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's based on a true story, so you probably know some about it. But he manages to get back together with some or all of his family. And to me, that is a Christmas miracle. So with those two things being you know, part of it that takes place on Christmas and there is some miraculous events that happen, I say it's close enough to a Christmas movie to make my list. And frankly, I was really... 
having a hard time finding 10 good movies to put on here. So uh, I'm including The Impossible from 2000. Fair enough. Your, your, your logic checks out. Well, works. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's a really good film. I will tell you, if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Except be aware, it's super powerful and super emotional. And it will gut punch you. Because if you think watching your family be swept away is not terrifying, it absolutely is. And this movie reenacts it in such a way that it is a really intense film. Worth watching, but man, just be ready for it is all I'm saying. Cool, cool. Yeah, I've not actually seen it. I want to keep meaning to, but it's. I think it's the reason what it's dealing with and things. I've always gone. Yeah. Oh, I'm not ready for this at the minute. It's a tough yeah. watch, but it's yeah. it's really good. Cool. That's my number eight, I think. Uh, okay. Well, my number seven. You've already mentioned it, it's the night before. Very good. It's uh, which I I quite like. I wasn't. Ex- I'd had really low expectations for this, so I probably enjoyed it more than uh, I would. There were. I like. I like all the three: Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, and Anthony McKee. And I just. It's. It was a. a a nice it's I like I like the fan celebrating Christmas and it's a it's a bit weird. Uh, surprisingly for a Seth Rogan film it involves marijuana as well. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean really that was <laughs> yeah. that came out of left field. Yeah, but I love the uh, I love Michael Shannon's character, the uh, the dealer as well, because it's just it's that's a little bit of a little bit of Christmas magic in there, but it's I, I just like that. I don't always like Michael Shannon in films, but uh, this one seemed to be playing to his weirdness and his standoffishness, but it worked really well. Uh, well, there's lots of other good bits I like, but I like the whole feeling, and it is all about Christmas and about friendship and about being there. And it's, uh, yeah, it's it made me laugh in places. As I say, I wasn't expecting much, but I got a lot more than I was expecting, so it's my number seven. Very good. Okay, so my number seven is probably the movie that the least amount of people have heard of. It's from 2016, and it's called Better Watch Out. And it is uh, it stars Levi Miller, who you might remember from uh, Pan. That was kind of his big film debut, the the sort of misfire uh, yeah, with yeah, Hugh yeah, Jackman. Yeah, yeah. He was also in A Wrinkle in Time. So I think he's a really good actor. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. I hope that his career continues to go in the right direction. But this movie, is uh, it's really cool. So it's kind of like, what if Home Alone went really, really dark? So Levi Miller plays this kid who's in love with his babysitter. I remember this one now. Yeah, I've not okay. seen it, but yeah, I remember another film you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's much older than him. And it's at Christmas time. So there's Christmas lights everywhere and all this stuff. And there's Christmas trees and snow and blah, blah, blah. And she, he sets up this prank to kind of uh, make her scared so that she'll, you know, jump into his arms and it misfires. And they sort of end up like taking her hostage, like kidnapping her. And then her boyfriend comes to try and save her. And things go really wrong from there. And and Levi Miller is kind of like a bad kid. You know, he's sort of like if Macaulay Culkin was like a psychopath. Uh, and in fact, there are even some actual things that are taken right out of Home Alone and like kind of like, uh, hey, here's what happens when you do this to somebody in real life. Oh, God. OK. Yeah. Let me tell you, it does not end like it does in Home Alone. Right. So it's yeah, a little yeah. more graphic, but it's a really fun kind of nasty thing thriller and i i really enjoyed it it was one of those movies i didn't really have much expectations for uh, i got a review copy and i watched it and i really enjoyed it it's it's kind of if you enjoy stuff like uh like the scream movies that kind of thing it's got a, a kind of a similar vibe to that so I, I enjoyed it quite a bit again another horror film but it uh, is a very christmasy horror film lots of christmas decorations and trappings and things that play into the film itself i think somebody actually gets tied up with christmas lights at one point stuff like that so uh it's called better watch out uh, and it's a lot of fun Okay, cool. Oh yeah, it's it's. I remember seeing that, but like the um, I'm glad it's good. Okay, I might uh, might try and see if that's that's around for me to watch. Yeah, Very check good. it out if you get a chance. Okay, my number six is a film from 2017, and it is uh, it's a Christmas Christmas zombie horror musical comedy. Okay, and it's uh, Anna the Anna and the Apocalypse. It's a British film set in Scotland. It's a independent film. It's uh, it sounds like a horrible mess of a film, you know. It's a musical zombie comedy Christmas film, but it it works quite well. The cast is brilliant. The songs are catchy. Uh, the 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 gore is very gory. The zombie kills are great. Uh, it's quite funny as well. There's good characters. It's and it's also a touching story. It's got it it, it works on many different different levels, but it's all it's uh, it's and only it's only like ninety eight minutes long as well, so it doesn't overstate its welcome. But it's it's worth checking out. It's a little independent film, low budget, which is it's it's worth tracking down. It's a it's an enjoyable watch, and some of the songs will be uh, probably be 
going around your head for a while. But uh, it's Anna and the Apocalypse is my number six. So that's a really great pick. And I will tell you what, I love Anna and the Apocalypse. I think it is fantastic. It is a great film. And it didn't make my list because I completely forgot it takes place at Christmas. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, because you just <laughs> you just think of the music and the, the zombie stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, I, ju- I completely forgot about that part of it. So I didn't even put it on my list. And I don't. I can't really change it on my list now that we're getting to the stuff I really like. Yeah, so right. I'm not going to put it on there. But let's we'll put it as an honorable mention. It would probably be in my top three easily because I really love that movie. If you haven't seen it, I know it's on one of the streaming services right now here in the U.S. I can't remember which one. Might be Hulu. Might be um, Prime. Could be Netflix. It's one of those three because they're the ones I have. But it's really worth watching. It is, like you said, very funny, great catchy songs, some good moving moments, some good surprises, great zombie action. I love that film. I really do. I think it's a cult classic in the making. Oh, definitely. So good pick. And it, it was a late entry into mine as well. I'd done the list, and then I, suddenly I was looking through some other things, and then someone went, oh, yeah. And I think it went in yesterday when I was going over yeah. the list again. Yeah, nice, so, yeah. nice, nice pick. Very well done. Thank you, thank you. All right, good. So my number six is one that's appeared on your list already. It is a Christmas horror story, which I really liked. Another one I watched with very little expectations. And honestly, I mostly watched it because, A, I saw William Shatner's name on it. And obviously, I'm a big fan of the Shat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, B, I really love the cover art for it. The poster art for it is Santa Claus versus Krampus. And it's it's yeah, done like yeah, an action yeah. poster, an action movie poster. And it's it just looked so great. It kept calling me back to it. So I finally watched it. And I really loved it. And, like, you know, you said how in most anthologies you, you find at least kind of one story to latch on to or one thing to like and what i think about is great about this one is all four stories are really good yeah yeah they're all strong they're all scary they're all spooky and even the framing device uh that ties them together has a neat tie in there's a couple of twisty tie-ins and stuff throughout the film that catch you by surprise and you go oh i didn't see that coming and i really enjoyed it. it it is the third horror entry on my list but if you haven't seen it yet, definitely track it down. It's it's really good. Excellent, yeah. And you, and it's, it's Christmas. There's a good tradition of horror and ghost stories of Christmas, so it uh, makes sense. Yeah. Okay, my number five is uh, one from the Marvel Universe. It's Iron Man 3 from 2013, directed by Shane Black. So, of course, it's going to be set at Christmas. Mm. And it's also basically a remake of A Christmas Carol. Tony Stark's lost touch with humanity, and he's visited by the ghosts of his past in the shape of uh, Maya Hansen, Rebecca Hall. She turns up and then as the ghost of Christmas pre- uh, Christmas present, Harley Keener, the little kid, who basically shows him, you know, he can deal with things and what it's all about, you know, what he was and what he was doing and the purity of building and making things. And then as the ghost of of future, uh, which is uh, Guy Pearce's Aldrich Killian, who's uh, using new technology to could be more powerful. Tony Stark goes through a transformative uh, process, just like Ebenezer Scrooge did, and ends up coming out of it a much better person, in touch with humanity, wanting to go on with his life. And he sends he sends one of his suits of armor off to find the biggest turkey it can. <laughs> and we all celebrate Christmas. <laughs> okay, all right. And that's my number five. All right, that is a good pick. I, I again, did not consider that because I really didn't think about it as a Christmas movie, but I, I like it. All right, good pick. I'll Thank you very it. much. Thank you. All right, a very good pick. My number five is, okay, so here's what I did. Now, we all know that I am a sucker for the Hallmark Christmas movies, right? Yeah, I yeah, love, yeah. I love yeah. the Hallmark Christmas movies, movies, and I've watched a bunch of them. And and so many of them have come out over the past decade that I, I didn't feel right including them on this list because I could make a whole list of just Hallmark Christmas movies, right? That's That's a whole thing. I've seen so many of them, and I really enjoy them. But I thought, okay, well, if I can't include them on there – but I don't want to completely discount them entirely either. So I picked one. Okay. And I put it on my list at my number five. Right in that middle spot, I thought was a good place for it. It's kind of my favorite of all the ones I've seen in the past few years. So I kind of put one that sort of represents all the Hallmark Christmas movies. But this is a really good one that I, I recommend. It's called The Christmas Secret. And it was from 2014, and it stars uh, Bethany Joy Lenz, who was one of the main characters on One Tree Hill, which people know I'm a big fan of, One Tree Hill. So I was interested in watching it because she was in it. And actually, it also has Michael Hogan from uh, Battlestar Galactica. He played uh, the old crusty guy. I forget his name. But um, anyway, so basically it's about this woman whose life is falling apart, and she discovers this family heirloom and is trying to track down the person who it belongs to. And in doing so, all these sort of coincidences start to happen. And I'm not going to say any more than that, but let's just say 
maybe there's a happy ending. Um, <laughs> but of all the, I, again, I, I'm, I like these movies, so I'm a sucker for them. And I'm not saying that people who don't like them should go out and watch them. But if you're going to watch one or if you're, if you're, you know, wife or girlfriend or whoever is like, hey, let's watch a Hallmark Christmas movie, you know, and you don't want to, but she's like, I'll let you pick one. Try and track down this one, The Christmas Secret, because even though it's a little cliche and some of the coincidences are a little forced, there are some twists that are kind of like you sort of start to put it all together yeah. and you can see where it's going, but you're not quite sure how it all connects yet, you know, as it's going. So, and as it goes, it reveals more and more and you're like, oh, I see where it's going. I think it's really fun. I really like Bethany Joy Lenz. I thought the cast was really fun. Um, so it's worth watching. It's called The Christmas Secret. I'm sure it's on Hallmark or one of those, you know, uh, yeah. this time of year. And and it's 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 my favorite of them from the last few years. Cool. Well, I, I knew at least you have to be one Hallmark Christmas thing on there. In yeah. Your list. yeah. 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 I thought one one I thought seemed fair. Right. Yeah, one cool. was appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Uh, well, my number four is uh, one from 2018. And it's The Christmas Chronicles, which stars Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. Um, that's all you need to know. Yeah, kind of is, right? Kurt Russell as Santa, you know, there you go. It works. It's, you know, it actually, I was pleasantly surprised with this film because I, I was going, oh, no. But Kurt Russell looks amazing as, as Santa. Does a great job at it. It's, uh, it's a pretty good story as well. Uh, yeah, it made me laugh. There's some good moments, some good action in it as well, which was nice. Uh, and it's uh, heartwarming and... Kurt Russell Santa, that's it. <laughs> that's kind of what you need to know, right? Yeah, that's it. That's all you need. So I really wanted to include this one on my list, but I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Ah, you know? okay. Yeah. It, it came out last year, and I said to my wife, like, oh, we should watch this with the kids. Like, I think everyone will really enjoy it. And we're like, okay, great. And then we didn't get to it before Christmas. And, you know, like once Christmas is over, you can't really watch Christmas movies anymore. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't we didn't get to it. So it's on my list for us to watch this year before Christmas, but I haven't gotten to it yet. So because uh, keep in mind, listeners, we're recording this pretty early in December. So hopefully it would have been on my list. I just... I just haven't seen it. Oh, fair enough. All right. So my number four is from 2017, and it is A Bad Mom's Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah. The sequel to Bad Moms, which is a breakout hit, stars Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell, and Katherine Hahn. has a great supporting cast. Uh, it's not as good as Bad Moms, but I, I like that they sort of went ahead and made it a sequel and also a Christmas movie in its own right. There are some really funny scenes in the movie. I don't think it's as consistently funny as the first one, but there are some some scenes and some moments that will make you laugh out loud because they're so funny for like a good like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's a fun film. It's, 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 I don't know if it's the most Christmas spirity of all of the films. It's a little raunchy, obviously. Um, but my wife and I had a really good time watching it. So there you go. It's my number four, A Bad Mom's Christmas. Excellent. Yeah, I've not seen that one. Uh, actually, I don't think I've seen the first one either, Bad Mom's. Oh, they're funny. So, yeah. Okay, but uh, good to know. I'll have to check that out. Okay, my number three is a film from 2019, and it's uh, an animated Christmas comedy. It's just hit Netflix, actually. Uh, directed by Sergio Pablos and featuring the voices of Jason Schwartzman, J.K. Simmons, Rashida Jones and Joan Cusack. And it is Klaus. Uh, and if basically we're following this this up, this this kid, well, this young man who uh, comes from a wealthy family in the postal business, but he's very, he's been spoiled and he just wants, he wants everything to go his own way. But he's punished by being sent far to the north to this small town where two families are always fighting. And through the postman's actions, when he befriends a reclusive toy maker called Klaus, through their actions, because he just basically wants more letters to prove that he's made a post office so he can go. He gets kids start sending letters, and it basically it basically shows it's a fictional origin story about how the myth around Father Christmas Santa Claus came about, and it, it's quite it's 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 beautiful, beautifully animated. The uh, the design's brilliant, but it's it's great as well seeing how this story the story of this of this this man and you know delivering presents he, all the kids in the town start going well i got a present because this guy he just you know he comes down the chimneys and does all this stuff but it's great seeing how it develops and it made me laugh it made me it made me uh, smile and also made me cry an awful lot at some moments i was going oh my god it really really touched <laughs> me but it's 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 a brilliant christmas movie and it's well worth checking out and it's i think it's only came out a, f a few weeks back on uh, on netflix but uh, give it a watch if you have to some christmas joy uh, but that's Klaus. Yeah, I've I've heard of it and I've seen uh, some some of the stuff about it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. So yeah. uh, again, didn't make my list. Nice one to watch with the family as well because it's it's funny and there's there's lots of things going on. That's really nice. Very good. 
All right. Well, my number three is from 2012. It is also animated, so I thought maybe we had the same one there for a minute, but it is Rise of the Guardians. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. 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 Produced by Guillermo del Toro, uh, who we're big fans of here on the show, Uh, and it has the voices of Chris Pine as Jack Frost, and Alec Baldwin plays, he's not called Santa Claus, he's called North, but he's Santa Claus. Uh, Jude Law is the bad guy. Oh, Hugh Jackman is in it, too. He plays the Easter Bunny, of course. <laughs> it's It didn't do all that well. Uh, it was kind of a misfire, I think, at the box office. Like, it made decent money, but it wasn't a big hit like I think they thought it was going to be. It's one of those DreamWorks animated ones, I believe. Yeah. But I actually really liked it. I found it to be better than I expected it to be. I think the design of it looks really good. I really like the villain, this character pitch. It's kind of like darkness or blackness. I thought the cast worked well together. I like the designs of the film. I like the way they sort of take these well-worn characters like Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy, and twist them, you know, and kind of give us, like, alternate versions of them, you know, a little bit different from the more traditional takes on them. It's one of those films, like I said, it wasn't a big hit, but I actually I actually liked it quite a bit. It, I, I found it surprisingly good. So that is Rise of the Guardians from 2012. Yeah, I enjoyed that film. Like, uh, like everything you said, yeah. I just totally forgot about it, but yeah, it's a good film. Cool. Lots of fun. Okay, my number two is a film from 2010, so it just gets scrapes through. It's uh, Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, and it follows a couple of kids. Uh, well, one kid mainly lives in Lapland, this this remote place, and uh, there's, there's some drilling going on in a hill nearby, which is an ancient burial mound, apparently, uh, but the, uh, it something is released, and the, the boy and his father and his father's friends, they, uh, they go to trap it, and they trap a man with a white beard who's eating and hunting down creatures uh, and it's uh, it's a bizarre little film but it's uh, it's it's, a, it's showing a different a different thing for how uh, for about Father Christmas and it's just I I, I quite like it it's uh, it's well obviously it's number 2 on my list but it's uh, it's lots of because you're not especially the first time you see it, you're not quite sure what exactly is going on even when you see what they've caught and then it just it, gets, it goes a little bit bigger more little Bit disappointed with the ending because it's a, it's quite a short film. I wish I think it was based on some short films anyway. But the one time is uh, it's only like eighty minutes. I just wish it had gone a little bit longer. But it's uh, it's it's good. I really I really enjoy watching it. Hmm. But anyway, that's 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 my number two. Rare exports, a Christmas tale. Not a film I'm familiar with actually. So it did not make my list. But it sounds like something I'd enjoy. So I'll yeah, have to yeah, check it yeah. out. Yeah. All right. Well, my number two appeared on your list way higher up, though. So we we had we ranked it very differently. Uh, it's from 2011, and it is Arthur Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's the animated one you mentioned, and it's about Santa Claus's bumbling son trying to deliver a present to a girl who accidentally got forgotten. He only has like two hours to do it. I really like this movie. Actually, I thought it was really charming. That's the best word I can come up with to describe it. Yeah. 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 You know, when yeah. I saw it, I was really charmed by it. Part of it might be my massive man crush on James McAvoy. He does play the lead character, so. <laughs> That has something to do with it, I'm sure. But I also think, I don't know, I just, I thought it, it, it had a really good fun spirit to it. It has good humor. I really liked the characters in it. And um, it took me by surprise. It wasn't one I had a lot of expectations for. And I, and I ended up watching it. And I think I made my family watch it because I was like, this is a really fun film. I think you guys will like this. And we all, we all enjoyed it. So I can't believe it's been eight years since it came out. But yeah, that's been the weird thing about doing this list is yeah. how long ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but I really do. I really enjoy Arthur Christmas. I think it's it's well worth watching if you haven't seen it, which most people haven't. I don't think it was a big hit. I do recommend tracking it down. Interestingly for me, I forgot it was Ardman until you mentioned it. I don't yeah. always love Ardman's films. I think they do great work, but their films sometimes leave me feeling a little let down. I don't know, something they don't quite click as much as I want them to. So I think maybe that's why my expectations were low for this one. But I think they knocked it out of the park. Cool. Excellent. Uh, okay, well, my number one is uh... now before before you say your number one. Yeah, I have a feeling maybe we're on the same track here. I okay. I feel like there's a chance our number one could be the same. Yeah, well, it could be. It could be. Maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. But go yeah. ahead, tell us. Actually, now you said it, it could, it could well be. I can't remember whether we've talked about this one before. All right, well, let's find out. Go ahead and reveal your number one. Well, my number one is from 2015. Mm-hmm. It's a comedy horror film. Yep. <laughs> uh, written and directed by Michael Doherty, did Trick or Treat. Yep. And it is Krampus. Yes, Krampus is my number one as well. We've oh, got a double Brilliant. whammy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Excellent. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, right, go a, ahead. Yeah, this is a, it's from 2015 and it's before Christmas. There's a dysfunctional family and they're just wet people coming for Christmas, celebrated there. Uh, but the the young son, he's uh, he's got a, le- a letter he wants to send to Father Christmas, or Santa Claus, sorry. Uh, 
but things don't quite go his way. There's lots of tension, and he ends up ripping the letter. Says, "Don't believe, forget it, forget it." And so, because of this, Krampus comes calling, and what then follows is a big blizzard, which cuts the house off and maybe takes it to somewhere else. And then the strange presence, which uh, like a jack in the box, which is not what it seems. There's there's gingerbread men which run amok, uh, but it's got it's got great characters because the the, the family, which includes uh, Adam Scott, Tony Collette. Alison Tolman and lots of lots of other people are just some of them are hideous and you're just going get out of the house but uh, it just shows the tension that some people have you know the families come together at the holidays but it's got great great creature design it's, it's quite it is quite spooky and in, in places when you wait for things to happen and when you finally see Krampus you're going oh wow that's it's just it's a brilliant design uh, but uh, yeah it's good story lots of fun bit of horror lots of comedy uh, yeah and it's just yeah, it's really good. It's worth checking out if you haven't it, seen it. Yeah, it really is. So I, I, it's obviously my number one as well. And another film I, I don't want to say I didn't have any expectations for, but, you know, comedy horrors are hard to pull off. It didn't do great at the box office. I think it made a little more than some people thought it was going to. But... Yeah, it made, uh, according to this, I've got it, it grossed over $61 million. Okay. So that's a 15 million budget. So that's, All right. that's So there you go. So that's kind of a hit. Sure. You know, a medium scale hit, but a hit yeah, nonetheless yeah, yeah. based on what it costs. But um, I remember watching it and I just, I it, it's it's funny. Like you said, it's got the whole dysfunctional family thing, but it does have some good scares and some good spooky, spooky moments. That, that first scene where the blizzard kind of covers the neighborhood and everything goes black. Everything goes, you know, powered out except for this one house. And it's like they, they kind of have the overhead shot and it's so creepy, you know. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it does such a good job of getting the, the horror elements right. And the creature looks great. Like you said, the designs look great. It it it, it does a good job of not overusing CGI. There's a lot of practical effects. Yeah, well, effects. apparently I've, I've just seen as well the, the effects were made by Weta Workshop. We did a Lord of the Rings oh, and all that stuff. There you go, so, right. Yeah. It's just, it just gets that balance perfectly right. It's funny. It's scary. It's spooky. It's original. It's creative. It's got a great cast. And I'm super annoyed that when I interviewed Alice and Tolman just two months ago at uh, New York Comic Con. I completely forgot that she was in Krampus. I would have told her how much I love. Yeah, yeah, movie. I did as well. I forgot she was in it until doing this list. Yeah, but yeah, it was an easy pick for my number one. Uh, not just because some of the other movies weren't aren't that strong, but I just it was the one I remember loving the most and I, that I've really enjoyed. And I actually now that we've talked about, it, I think I'm going to watch it tonight because I I really want to watch it. Yeah, I, I pulled it out earlier, so I'm going to be watching it yeah. over the weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's the small the, the the scene you mentioned when you see the house getting cut off by the blizzard. And there's lots of other houses around. There. that's worth uh, doing a freeze frame on that if you've got it on blu-ray because you can see some of the other houses around there one of them is the house the amateurville house wow there's also one of the houses from halloween okay i assume there's more i forgot i'm sure there's more i can't remember which right, the other ones right. are, but it's worth if you've seen it before when you watch it again and put that bit on it's worth checking yeah out. It's a fun little Easter egg yeah or yeah definitely christmas ornament i guess maybe yeah be more yeah. accurate <laughs> All right, very cool. So there you go. So not too much overlap on our list. A couple here and there, none in the same position. But then at number one, we come in with the yeah, double win, the, the yeah. bingo, and uh, we got the same one. So nicely done. Yeah, good list. All right, so there you go. Those are our top 10 holiday movies of the 2010s. Not bad, not bad. Four horror movies on my list, it turns out. Yeah, one, two, three for me, yeah. All right, so there you go. Yeah. Christmas and horror, they go together like uh, chocolate and peanut butter, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Actually, four for me. Four oh, there you me. go. Yeah, See? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Terrific. Okay, so that is uh, our list, and that is our episode. We're not going to... Uh, well, actually, we are going to tease our next episode. Yes. Uh, so here, here's what's going on. So this is, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, this is our last show for the year. We're just taking our usual break, three or four weeks, just to get caught up, let listeners get caught up, recharge our batteries. You know, it's just tough to find time to record and edit around the holidays. So obviously, you know, it's just easier for us to take a little bit of a break. But when we come back... Our first episode of the year is going to be a really special episode, and it's kind of something we've done once before, so we're really excited about it. Phil, do you want to tell people what it is? Yes, we're going to be go talking about and going after the ending of uh, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Yes, sure to be the biggest film of the year. We did this with The Last Jedi when it came out a few years ago. We did an after the ending for it, and we had a big discussion about it. So there will be some spoilers, but our episode won't be out till. Rise of Skywalker's been out for probably at least I'd say three or four weeks. So for the most of the diehard fans will have, have seen it by then. Yeah, if not, yeah, you yeah, can just, yeah. you know, skip the episode. But so we're gonna do an after the ending and kind of just a general opinion, you know, sharing our thoughts about the movie. And then and then we have something else we haven't done in in, a, in quite a while. But Phil, do you want to tell people what that is? Yeah, we'll be going uh, over our top ten favorite films of twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's the return of a hundred years of Hollywood in a hundred episodes, because we finished it. 
after we did 2018. So all year we've been doing our, our 100 stars of Hollywood. But now that 2019 is going to be over, we're going to come back and give you our top 10 films of 2019, which I'm really excited about because there's some some really good films to talk about from this year. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think it was a pretty strong year overall. Yeah, it's, I think it's been getting better as the year's gone on as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. going to be our slate for uh, our first episode back will be our after the ending and discussion of Rise of Skywalker. With regards to Rise of Skywalker, Mike, uh, just... Just so we've got the listeners here, you know, we've, everybody's got their expectations for, but what are you expecting the Rise of Skywalker to be like? Good, bad, uh, or uh, I mean, maybe okay? If I'm being honest, I, I think obviously the trailer looks amazing, but I have faith in J.J. Abrams. I really do love The Force Awakens. I think he did, he made, yeah, yeah, you know, the best Star Wars sequel he possibly could. So I feel like it, he will hopefully fix some of the problems that Last Jedi created, or at the yeah. very least deliver a film that is on a par with. With Force Awakens, and man, that trailer looks amazing. So I'm I'm pretty psyched. Yeah, uh, but I'm trying not to get too excited because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. Yeah, the Last Jedi really knocked, you know, really went mm, knocked all my enthusiasm for for. But uh, I honestly don't know. I'm sort okay. of on I'm on the fence. I'm going well. I'm still going to go see it, but at the minute, I'm just not expecting. Well, I don't know. Okay, but yeah, fair enough. We'll, fair we'll enough. talk about that and more. Yeah, uh, about what we thought about the film. Yeah, when we get back, uh, we will yeah. talk about the film. We'll go after the ending, kind of give you what we think happens after the conclusion of the Skywalker saga. All nine films, which just should be pretty crazy. Uh, and then we'll get we'll share our top ten films of 2019. Who knows? Maybe that'll include Rise of Skywalker. Maybe it won't. Uh, yeah, should be interesting. Yeah, we, we will see. We will see. Yes, that'll be yeah. interesting. So, uh, yeah. and then after that, we'll get back to our our episode we promised you. For those of you who are anxiously awaiting our takes on Reality Bites and American Psycho, we will. That'll be our next episode after our comeback. So, I, I promise we'll get to that. We're not we're not taking it off the schedule. We're just pushing it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So this was our holiday episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. And uh, of course, this is uh, where we just want to take a minute to say uh, thank you for a whole year of supporting us and listening to us. And of course, to everybody out there to you and your families and your friends and your loved ones the happiest of holidays merry merry christmas whatever holiday you celebrate even if you don't celebrate any holidays i hope it's a happy winter uh, but whatever you celebrate we hope it's happy and healthy and full of love and cheerfulness and eggnog and other delicious things well said and i heartily agree with what mike said have a good one give everybody your love a big hug don't eat too much don't drink and drive uh, stay safe, wrap up warm, and check on the uh, any check on any elderly neighbours who are around just to make sure they need anything if it's if the weather gets bad, and just have a great time. Yeah, there you go. All right, so that's gonna do it for us. Uh, happy holidays again to all of you, and uh, for the last time this year, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring, and I'm Phil Edwards, and we'll see you next time after the ending. I was gonna say see you next week, but. You know, yeah, yeah. we just said we're not going to be back next week. So I felt, <laughs> felt, felt weird and disingenuous to say that. Like, yeah, why are yeah. you lying to me? You're confusing me. They just said the one thing and now they say the other thing. Right. That's it. I'm not listening to this show anymore. Throws their phone down on the ground and stomps <laughs> on it in a fit of anger. <laughs> awesome. Give us your long term. Well, prepare to be disappointed. Okay. <laughs> That's what I tell my wife every night. But <laughs> <laughs> ding, try the fish. I was going to make a joke that I usually am with your endings, but that seems so rude. And <laughs> no, it's not okay. true because I love your endings. You could do it. You could do but it. But it, it seemed funny, so. <laughs> okay. Because, okay. you know, I'm out of breath from going up my stairs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I swear the other day I kept forgetting things. I must have gone up. I kept getting up off the couch. Like, I sit down and like three seconds later I get up off the couch and then I'd have to sit down and I... Five seconds later, I get up and then I had to go upstairs for something. And then I came downstairs and I forgot something upstairs. So I had to go back upstairs and I saw to look at my wife. I'm like, how am I fat? <laughs>